Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out. Okay, Penny Alexiak, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, where are you coming from today? Um, today in Toronto, as per usual. Yeah. You mean, um, are you guys in lockdown there or what are you able to do right now? Um, the city is in lockdown. However, we do still have our pool time. There's still a few exceptions, but um, for me, life is pretty much as normal, just training and staying at home. But other than that, everything else is in lockdown. Yeah. Are you feeling pretty optimistic that the Olympics are going to go ahead next year? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think that it's going to happen. I think with the vaccines coming out and with all of these precautions being taken in all sorts of different countries around the world, I think there's a lot that they're going to use that we've already seen happen, like with all the different bubbles, with the NBA, yeah. NHL and everything. So I, I think it'll happen. Who's that cute little puppy in the background? <laughs> One of my dogs, Bean. I have two dogs. <laughs> Classic. I love it. Now, listen, I was, I don't know a lot about you. So I was doing some research today, watching some video, a couple of things kind of jumped out at me. Are you sick of talking about your Olympic gold medal? Um, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it. I think it's difficult to get sick of something like that. I think I used to get sick of it when it first happened. I was like, everyone's asking me the same questions. I like mm -hmm. everyone already knows I have it. Why do they care? And then mm -hmm. My brother one day, he like sat with me and he was like, well, not everyone has heard your story. Yeah. So maybe like you're telling it to a hundred different people in a line, but each person it's a new story to them. But I don't think I'm sick of it. I think I've just learned to kind of tell it different ways or yeah. however. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm one of those people. So I'm one of the hundred who, who haven't heard your story and don't know much about you. Uh, but I was interested to find out that you're not even the most famous Alexiak. There's someone more famous than you. Yes, my brother, my brother. He plays hockey, and <laughs> I guess he's, he's kind of famous. Does he play for Dallas still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's with the Dallas Stars. He was with the Penguins for about a season, but then went back to the Stars. Oh, nice. So does he does he remind you that he's more famous than you? Is there comp competition between the two of you? Uh, I don't think it's ever a competition. I think it's more sometimes people, or I mean, before people used to always ask me like, oh, you're Jamie's, you're Jamie's sister, you're Jamie's sister all the time. And now he gets annoyed because everyone's always saying, oh, you're Penny's brother now. Instead <laughs> of like, are you Jamie Alexia? <laughs> good. You flipped it on him. That's good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to maybe take it from a couple of different angles, more of the, the swimming type, uh, angle and, and the coach and, and the swimmer type angle. But I mean, most of us at the age of 16 would be happy to be state champion or possibly national champion, but you do win the Olympics at such a young age, um, which, which, which is an incredible performance. I want to talk about the way you swim it and how you swim it and the, and the lead up to that for sure. But um, you didn't start swimming until you're nine, hey? pretty late in, in swimming terms, right? Um. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty late, I guess. I mean, for me, I didn't know, like, what to expect. I kind of just wanted to do swimming, so I got into swimming. But 
I think, yeah, a lot of people told me after the fact, they were like, that's super late. Like I started swimming when I was like four or five and mm-hmm. that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Now when, you know, you're pretty tall. How tall are you? Um, I'm like six foot one. I uh-huh. think six foot two on like a good day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty big for a woman and, and, and for swimmer. And so when did your, when did the body start to change for you? When, cause as you, as your body starts to change like that for swimming, you start to lose your, um, your coordination a little bit. So you yeah. must've gone through a period where it was tough to swim. Um, yeah, I kind of hit that period when I was around 15 I want to say 14 15 I kind of hit a pretty big growth spurt like after middle school and going into high school but I guess I've always kind of been trying to figure it out because I didn't really stop growing until like last year Mm. so I mean I've kind of always been used to especially in my little like period of the success that I've had I've always been used to like having to figure out the best technique for how I'm feeling yeah now, when did you start fully training for an Olympic dream? Like uh, in terms of the track, did they, did they pinpoint you pretty early in terms of your potential? Um, yeah, I'd say they pinpointed me pretty early. I, I started working with Ben at the center when I was around like 12. Okay. And when I was around, I want to say like 11, I think he like kind of reached out to me and said he was like interested in working with me. And then when I was 12, I went, and like would join the center for a few sessions a week and I got to work with like Canada's top swimmers at the time and then I started kind of being more like integrated with it and joining in more sessions and by the time I was like 14 or 15 I was full training with Ben and Olympic prep for the relay when I was 15 and then made the team for individuals. Oh, wow. Now a question I did want to ask you that I skipped over a little bit. I noticed your, your dad's originally American. Is that correct? He's from New York. Yeah. My dad is American. And then your mom's, is your mom Scottish? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So how did you end up Canadian? Um, I have no idea. My parents, I think they just like moved here. They wanted to live in Toronto. They had all of their kids in Toronto and now we're all dual citizen, American Canadian. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So it wasn't for work purposes. It was mainly just to raise a family. I think my dad, I know my dad loved to travel and my mom also really loved to travel. They lived in South Africa for a really long time. And um, I think they just ended up in Toronto and they enjoyed their time here and it ended up staying I guess I've never really like asked them <laughs> there you go get on that find out about your family history a little bit yeah. <laughs> um so you're you're with Ben Ben Titley right mm-hmm. yeah um so you're with him for a couple of years training what is your training like in the lead up to Rio because you're obviously producing some times that are fast enough to win the Olympics world-class times just in those couple of years so what type of specific work were you doing in the lead up to Rio? Um, there wasn't really anything super specific. I would say I think Ben was just trying to build me for the relay and make me a really good like second or third leg in the relay. And we were really focusing on dives, um, turns. We were really focusing on small things that I always had like the power I always had 
the kind of like length in my stroke and everything, but it was just more so the technique parts of everything I never had down. <laughs> like I said, like dives, turns, streamlines, everything. And to this day, I still always am working on like those small things. How can I perfect my turns even more? How can I perfect my dives and everything like that? Yeah. What type of work, how many workouts a week were you doing and how, how long were the workouts? What type of structure was your weekly structure? Um, we've always been pretty consistent with nine workouts a week. Uh -huh. um, double Monday, double Wednesday, double Friday, single Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And before the Olympics in 2016, we did weights, I want to say monday wednesday friday but i would also do my own weight sessions with a trainer on i think tuesdays and thursdays oh wow okay. i can't really remember that far back but i would do that like twice a week and then i was also at school i took off like three of my four classes and i was just doing a personal fitness class which is literally just another workout in my day that i would do like every other day at school and we do i think like three circuits in a week as well on tuesday thursday and saturdays so mm, wow it was a lot of dry land training mixed with a lot of swimming yeah was there specific work for your back end of your race because you you come home like a freight train in both your your flies and your freeze um was that kind of a signature of your training um i wouldn't really say it's so much a signature i think it's just a mix of with all the kind of like dry land training that i'm doing that's endurance work and i was doing kind of crossfit-esque workouts i was working out of a crossfit gym but my trainer would change the workouts and it would just be a lot of like endurance stuff and making sure that i can keep my technique even when i'm tired and then that would kind of translate into the pool where when I would do sets, my technique would be the same at the back end as it is at the front end of a set. And I think okay. that's really big for Ben is just like making sure that the, you can get slower, you can get faster, whatever. But the one thing he doesn't want you to lose is your technique throughout a set. Mm -hmm. And I think it really helps me in races because I just have that in me where I can have the same technique at the back end that I do at the front end. But I don't think it's Ben's favorite thing that I take it out pretty slow in the front. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty scary actually watching your race. Like, Oh my God. Oh, I was watching your Olympic final today. I was like, she wins this. There's no way she wins this. I already knew you won, but I'm like, there's no way that was pretty crazy. But so in terms of the specific speed work that you're doing, how do you got, how do you build speed in your practice? What gives you confidence? Um, for me, I love like long course swimming and I love, I'm pretty good at holding kind of like 200 pace efforts mm -hmm. on shorter rest. I'm okay. not as good at like max efforts on long rest. Okay. So for me, I've never really been like a 50 freestyler. I've never been able to like, as you know, my races take it out. Mm -hmm. But I think that's something I'm like starting to work on more is being able to do that. But for me, I'm pretty good. I'd say at like, like I said, kind of just like, holding paces on shorter rest that are decently fast. I'm good at that. Now going into Rio, you you're talking about you were um, looking at being a second or third on a relay. Who was the number one sprinter in, in Canada going into Rio in your mind? Um, 
going into Rio, I think that their goal at the time was like Chantel Van Landingham and either Sandy Mainville or Michelle Toro. I think those were their like top three. And that was kind of what they had planned was two of those girls would be in the individual. And it was like awesome training with them because they are like incredibly fast and in training, they're like always on. Oh, so they were your training partners as well going into the trials. Yeah. Um, In Canada, that's like a, I think that's something that we've kind of kept consistent throughout the years, especially at the Ontario center. Like right now we have, the four top 100 200 freestylers two of the top flyers we have three of the top backstrokers we have like every top canadian at our center pretty much do you like that did you like that at the time and do you like it now um i like it a lot because it really makes sure that (laughs) (laughs) it really kind of helps you make sure that you're always on and you're always training fast because we have like 12 or 13 people in our group and if you're not on one day everyone else is and you'll see it in the pool and it'll motivate you to push yourself through it but um it can also be a little intimidating sometimes especially when you have those days where you're not feeling as good as someone in in the lane beside you (laughs) now are you uh, a vocal trainer are you pretty quiet you keep yourself in practice I mean, it must be pretty competitive in that type of environment. So there's got to be something going on with you as well, right? Um, yeah, it is really competitive. We're always racing against each other and pushing ourselves faster than we need to. But I'd say that's a good thing. And and you're doing it quietly, you think? Like you, you're kind of look, looking at each other without saying much? It kind of depends on the day sometimes. And it depends who I'm training with. If I'm training with like Kyla Sanchez, her and I will kind of like coordinate it and we'll be like, okay, let's push ourselves more towards the back end and we'll hold like a faster pace in the middle of the set. Mm-hmm. Or if she's feeling really good, sometimes I'm like, honestly, go ahead. I don't feel great today. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the other girls, I'd say we're pretty silent, but I, I think we all kind of are always interested in how other people are going. Yeah. So there's obviously a mental side to swimming and competing. So what would you say your, your mental state was going into Olympic trials? Were you just kind of relaxed because the pressure might not have been on you? The spotlight wasn't on you that just allowed you a little bit more freedom to perform? Um, yeah, I'd say I was pretty relaxed. I honestly didn't have any expectations and that's kind of I've been pretty vocal about that's like where I'm trying to get before the next Olympics because in 2016, I had no expectations. I was hoping to make the relay. I was excited to just be a part of the team, hopefully. And then I got to where I was. And I think it's because I I race really well when I'm just like relaxed and I don't really have a lot of pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you, uh, did you feel guilty in any way or were you, um proud or what was your feeling once you made the team in the spot that you made it in so like everybody's expecting you to be this relay swimmer including your coach maybe yourself and and your teammates or whoever and then all of a sudden you take this individual spot what was the feeling like when you took it um I was pretty happy about it I think my teammates were really happy about it too I think we all trained so hard that year and I think it was just a fight for who was going to get it. And 
it was just going to be the top two girls. And I think we all knew that and we were all okay with that, but I don't know. I was just excited to be on the team and it kind of gave me more momentum going into the meet and getting more individuals. Yeah. Now another thing that I learned today, and I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't know everything about you, but I learned today that you actually won the silver medal in the hundred butterfly before you won the gold in the, in the freestyle. Everybody talks about your gold medal. No one talks about your silver. Does that, does that bum you out sometimes? Cause that's a, it's a pretty special um, medal. It was your first one. It's a, it's a big deal too, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really bum me out. I think I don't know. A lot of people love looking at the gold and if that's what they want to look at, then I'll give that to them. But um, no, I, I think it's pretty cool that I also was able to get a silver in the hundred fly. I think I, I honestly don't even give myself enough credit for that. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge swim. Um, one of my athletes in 2008, uh, Cesar Cielo went on to win the gold medal in the 50 freestyle, but in the hundred freestyle, he won the bronze, which was kind of a catalyst for confidence leading into the gold medal for the 50 after it. Is that how you felt about your silver in the fly? Did that give you more confidence for your, your freestyles? Yeah, I think that definitely did. I think also with the two bronzes in the relay before as well, I was, it was honestly a great meet. Like I couldn't have had a better setup. I, it was kind of a snowball effect throughout the week and that was awesome, but I don't know. We were expecting a medal on that last relay, the medley one, but we just missed it. Yeah. Now talk to me about the final of the 100 freestyle. When you walk into that ready room, how are you feeling in that room? Um, I just remember that being my first like world meet, and I didn't know any of the girls. I knew like of their accomplishments from pretty much the Olympics, from the prelims and the semifinals, I kind of started learning more about them, but I didn't really know any of the girls and I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of just going into it blindly and I was like, I'm gonna have fun. If I come last, I come last. If I come first, second, third, fourth, that, that's the place I come. I was just going into it and I was gonna go as hard as I could and that's all I could ask for. Nice, nice. It's a it's a great way to allow yourself freedom to perform in that sense. When you just say, "I don't care how this ends up, I'm just going to swim it." Um, I kind of want to get into that now, where you are now. It must be difficult to get back to that feeling with all the pressure and expectation on you. But in terms of the race plan itself, did you feel like you you swam it to your plan uh, that race? Um, not at all. Actually, I remember before him my coach we were talking about the race and he did this thing where he pulled out the heat sheet and he told me to cross off all the names that I knew I could beat <laughs> and I crossed off like I think one or two people I was like I don't think I can beat these and then he went off and started crossing off like four or five more people and he's like worst comes to worst you get a silver medal and I was like oh, or you get a bronze I was like okay cool like I'm okay with that um but I don't know. I, I, he wanted me to go out with the girls and be able to come home with them. Cause he knows that when I go out fast, I can take it home. And uh -huh. that's like how everyone knows I swim. If I can take it out, I can bring it back. But yeah. he literally told me, he was just like, with these girls, you cannot swim how you always swim. You cannot mm -hmm. go out slow and come back fast. These girls are going to dominate and mm -hmm. they're going to come back faster than you can. And 
when I got out, he was like, you did not swim that well. It was a good swim. You won. Good for you. But you did not swim that well. <laughs> well, to be honest, I was kind of thinking that as I was watching the race. I'm like, there's no way she wanted to go out this slow and expected no. to win this thing. Do you remember what your splits were in terms of your first 50 and your second 50? Um, I don't remember exactly. I just remember pushing off the wall and seeing everyone ahead of me and i was like oh crap i need to go like <laughs> i mean by a long way you must you were, you were looking at their feet actually yeah i know <laughs> i remember seeing that like i can still vividly see everyone's feet pushing off that turn. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a lot of similarities in terms of this story alone with you and kyle chalmers i mean kyle chalmers kind of came from nowhere young kid 18 years old um, similar race plan. I don't think he was as far back as you were. You, you kind of gave everybody a lot of, lot of room, but, um, in terms of the stories itself, have you, have you compared yourself, um, to Kyle and his story a little bit? Um, actually, no, I don't think I've ever had anyone compare me to Kyle. I know, I know him like not that well. I've never really like talked to him or anything, but I know of him. I know of his story. He's a crazy swimmer he really broke out in 2016 and I remember just watching him and being like holy like this kid is like coming out of nowhere mm -hmm. and I guess I didn't realize that was also me at the time yeah that was you uh, female version but uh but yeah incredible in terms of just uh your your stories just coming from nowhere and the even the way you swim the race is just very similar I mean Kyle coming over, over the top of people and actually, when I watched your race, legitimately, I got chills the last 10 meters. I mean, I love, I love watching races, but um, the last 10, I was like, there's no way she wins this race. And like, just to see you surge the last 10, there was something um, spiritual about it. I mean, you just came to life and it was like you lifted and rose. And I literally got chills the last 10, just watching you surge to the finish. What was going on the, those last few meters for you? Um, I think I was on the verge of passing out because I put my head down at like 25 meters and I didn't take a breath like the last like 20 or 25 meters oh wow and the last like two meters I think I was like on the verge of passing out and I just touched the wall and I was like I didn't turn around for like a minute I was just trying to Mm. yeah i noticed that too you t they they showed a lot of people and then they came back to you and it was almost like you just looked at the clock like a minute later and like oh i won like yeah seriously you won like a minute ago <laughs> yeah i think there was like a bunch of canadian news outlets that literally timed how long it took for me to turn around and it was like 56 seconds or something like oh that. my god really <laughs> and that was just out of pure fatigue then yeah and also there's like little lights on the side of each lane. Mm -hmm. And if I'm like first, second, third, it shows the lights. And I had already seen Simone's lane was first, Sarah's lane was second. And I think it was Kate's lane was third and all their lights were on the side of their lanes. And I was like, okay, I didn't even get a medal. I have time to just like breathe and catch my breath right now. I don't oh. care. Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. That's crazy. So, so literally you turn around and you find out 56 seconds later, just by looking at the board then hey yeah i i mean i i started reading from the bottom i thought i came dead last <laughs> <laughs> and then found your name at the top that's crazy what a what a feeling that must have been i know it that's, was... a, that's a different dog by the way right yes i have two of them <laughs> <laughs> i was like they look the same but it's not the same color 
No. <laughs> that's classic. Which one's that? This is Norman. And that's. Oh, oh look at them. What are they just staring out the window? Yeah. That's fantastic. All day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's so super cool. But so there's this, obviously your, your life is on this trajectory. It's going up and up and up. I mean, you're getting better and better and better. Um, since then, it, it's obviously, you can't keep going up. Once you win the Olympic gold, this, you, you're kind of at the top of the mountain. So how has your experiences in your swimming life been since Rio? Um, honestly, not the best. I would say, I think it was almost expected after the Olympics. I think I had a lot of people telling me like, once you get the top, like it's easy to get there, but it's difficult to stay there. Mm -hmm. And I was 16 at the time. I didn't really like understand what had just happened and kind of like how big of a deal it was. And I was kind of just on the top of this mountain. And then it kind of took a hit over the like next couple of years after that, I think. I struggled a lot with so many different things after the Olympics, whether it was like self-confidence, racing, like mentally I struggled a lot and it's all stuff I'm like still trying to figure out. And I've spent a lot of time really trying to break everything down and figure out how I can get to where I want to be. And I've slowly been doing that. I think at worlds in 2019, yeah, worlds 2019, um, I was kind of getting onto that path a bit more and this year I was getting on it even more and I was really excited about that and then when the Olympics got moved I was almost kind of excited about it because it gave me another year to kind of perfect everything and figure it all out. Uh, that's really interesting you know in, we all dream of being Olympic champion and and it came to you very quickly at a, at a relatively young age so what have you learned from that experience that you, you may not have expected or may not have known, or you could give advice to um, some other young kid in the future who may be looking at Tokyo and, and that may happen to their life. Like what, what are some of the downfalls of being Olympic champion at a young age? Um, I wouldn't say there's any downfalls really. I think there just comes this pressure with it and it gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes. I think it just depends how you handle it. If you can learn to kind of get over it and realize that that's not the end of the road, that you have work to do and you have to kind of keep up with it if you want to stay there. And I think I didn't realize that at the time I was just like, okay, like I'm here and this is where I'm going to stay. And I didn't really realize the amount of work you have to put in right after to be able to stay there. Um, and there's a lot that comes with it. It depends where you're from too. Like, I think it's not as crazy in the States as it is in Canada if you get a gold medal. But um, I don't know. There's lots that comes with it. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure from people outside, inside. It's kind of everywhere. You, you're, you've come from a family of, of athletes, really. I mean, your, your dad was an athlete, mom was an athlete. And then you're the youngest of five siblings, right? So... Um, do you guys have family meetings or do you personally talk to someone individually in your family? Like are you closer to someone or how does your family handle your um, success and your challenges? Um, I think at the beginning of it all, no one knew how to handle it. My brother, my 
parents, no one. It was kind of just like, what the heck is going on right now? And how do we get control of this? Because it took us a few years to fully get control of it. And Mm. I remember I would always talk to my mom and then it turned into my mom was my like financial person, my manager. She was helping me with swimming stuff and that kind of affected our relationship. And with my dad, he didn't know what to do. He was just trying to be there to like support me through it all, but he didn't even understand what was going on. Mm. My brother, he experiences it in a different way completely. Like he experiences it with a whole team, a whole management and everything is already set up for him. So Mm. it was weird to figure out. And I think we're pretty much now we're like kind of getting everything wrapped up and figured out, which is nice especially leading into next year. Was there ever a time where you felt like, I don't want to do this anymore, like quitting, uh, just giving it up? Um, I'd say there was. I think at a certain point, I was kind of, I was really struggling mentally. And I was like, at what cost? Like, is like what is this all worth? Is this mm-hmm. all worth like my sanity? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't so sure if it was something I wanted to do. But I think, it was less that I didn't want to do it and more that I couldn't deal with all of like the pressures and everything outside of it. And it kind of just took away from me doing what I love to do and what I enjoyed doing. And it kind of turned it into work for me. And like I said, now it's, I'm back at, it's enjoyable and it's fun for me and less of my job. (laughs) Yeah. Was there ever a thought of like just getting out of Canada and and possibly um, maybe even going to college in the US or any other thoughts like that? Um, My mom definitely wanted me to go to college in the States. She thought that it would be a good plan for me. But for me, where I was, it it didn't seem like feasible. And also just I, I haven't been able really to like picture myself a part of like a college team like that's just not me I'm very like individual and very like I focus on this I'll support my teammates but I like to like kind of have my focus in one place yeah 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 that makes sense now in terms of the financial side of things I mean obviously winning an Olympic gold um, can open up many different financial avenues were you did you feel like you were being pulled in different directions who was it you said your mom was advising you but um how were you making decisions based on what companies you wanted to support where you wanted to put your time and energies that type of thing um i've been pretty good i'd say all the way since 2016 i've been pretty good with choosing who i want to work with and kind of i definitely love getting like input from people around me like my parents and management and whatever I and even friends like I would talk to them about it but I've always been good with going with companies that I actually want to work with and that I actually feel they're they have the same kind of values that I have and their kind of goal is the same as mine and Mm -hmm. companies that actually like believe in me as an athlete and they don't have like a bunch of people that they're just signing to sign like they actually want me a part of their team yeah well, who, who are your sponsors now then um right now i have rbc um asics vichy 
and I'm trying to think. Talk to me about those brands. So RBC, what's that? Um, RBC is a Canadian like bank. <laughs> um, okay. They're, I'd say one of the biggest like banks in Canada and nice. they have always been big with, with uh, working with Olympians and especially helping Olympians who are transitioning from being an Olympian to regular life. And I've kind of always liked that. And I've looked at that as a positive thing because I'm not going to swim forever. And yeah. I know that it would be nice to have someone that can help me with that transition. And also just knowing a lot of Olympians who have struggled from transitioning, it was super awesome to work with them and right. see that and see how they can help with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. I, I was sponsored by a bank in Australia, Westpac, uh, for many years. And so I know what the support they can give you. They're, they're fantastic in terms of the, the banks uh, supporting you as an athlete as well. They can they can also up, uh, offer uh, opportunities uh, after swimming, you know, to, yeah. to go into that side of things. Um, now, you said ASICS as well. Is that right? ASICS, like the nice brand, Be yeah. Beautiful. That's a good one. I love that. And then uh, the third one you said was? uh vichy vichy it's, yeah they're like a skincare brand based out of montreal and mm. we recently actually sponsored the whole canadian swimming team for like their sunscreen and stuff so oh, when good. we go to like warm training camps and everything especially the canadians we need that mm -hmm. so nice i love it now was there also a sponsorship or a deal of some sort with the michael phelps brand Yes, that one is pretty new. I mean, we've been working on it for about like a year, but recently we got to announcing it. Oh, excellent. So what, what is your role there? What, what does that mean for you? Um, I am just, I want to like, just one of the athletes, I guess, that's working with them, but I'm just really excited to be able to work with them because they are amazing. They literally let me kind of have my say in everything and whether that's racing suits, training suits, what suits I want to wear, what suits I don't want to wear, what cap and goggles I like, everything like that. They're really good with that, which I appreciate a lot because I get to have my say in everything. But I think also getting to work with Michael Phelps is crazy. Like I could have never imagined that in my life. <laughs> so do you do, do you um, have uh, a business or any type of relationship with Michael Phelps in terms of having access to him? Yeah. Um, not so much business, but, um, I got to meet him once when we did a shoot in San Diego and, uh, we got to go to like dinner. We got to talk a lot and we really connected and he's been really helpful. Um, he gave me like his number to call him, text him whenever, which is cool. And I, like reaching out to him for advice i think he's like one of the best people i can go to for advice especially when it comes to swimming and it gets a little difficult sometimes because both of our schedules are really busy so sometimes it takes us like a week to actually be able to talk yeah no well that's good that's you know to have somebody like that uh, at your fingertips where you can i mean that's a guy that can relate to you in terms of you know coming on so young and being successful so young he, he'd have great advice for you as you would now for the next generation coming up as well. But um, I did want to say what, what's uh, you, you've had some injuries as well in terms of your injuries, what's been the most difficult one for you? Um, I don't even know like where to begin with that. I feel like I've had <laughs> a lot of like 
weird injuries. I've had like multiple concussions. I've had shoulder problems, hip problems, back problems. I've had it all. So I don't know. I think for me, I'm like always trying to figure out how I can be like the best athlete I can be. And when I get injured, it always takes like a big toll on Mm. me. And I think my body, it recovers quickly, but it takes a while to kind of get to that point where I can like actually start recovering when I'll like, I'll just kind of train through it, train through it, train through it. And then when it gets really bad, I'm like, okay, I need help now. Like (laughs) I've waited out of it too long. You haven't had any surgeries, have you? No, no. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Now, do you think this is just a function of um, your body type? Are you a clumsy person? Like, or what is it? Or you just push yourself really hard? Like, what's what's the deal? Um, I'm not sure. I think like a lot of it's because I'm really tall and yeah. like just tall people always have problems with everything. But yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's I'm also very clumsy. I have like a missing ligament or tendon in my ankle. So I'm always like rolling my ankles. I'm wow. always like tripping over things getting myself injured somehow yeah the, uh, the concussions go with that too like just uh, <laughs> some crazy concussions i've seen some concussions in the pool i'm like how did you do that like what, exactly. what you <laughs> crazy though no, that's that's nuts but you feel like now that you're um in a good place mentally physically and, and you feel like you're preparing well for tokyo yeah i'd like to think so i mean um after worlds 2019 i was feeling really good about all my races there i didn't do any individuals i just kind of focused on relays to kind of regain my confidence when i'm racing and i was really happy with that i did some really quick times which was nice but um then leading into like january of this year i was hitting faster times than i've ever hit in january of any season which is awesome especially in 2016 so I was feeling really confident about leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. Now, why did you decide not to swim ISL this season? Um, I was just kind of looking more towards next year. I think I was nervous. It was going to take a big chunk out of my training. And Mm -hmm. especially with us having from March until August, I think it was off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just pretty like I couldn't see myself going to ISL and kind of taking that time to just race and pretty much taper the whole time for like six weeks. I'd rather just have that time to train and work hard. Yeah, well, good. I, I, I think that's a good idea as well. I mean, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it, and that's certainly one of them. And it's, it's hard yeah. to say that that's the wrong answer because you may look back next year and, and feel very happy that you made that decision to just stay focused on what you're doing. And uh, do you feel comfortable uh, swimming short course or are you uncomfortable in that arena? Um, I'm not the best short course swimmer. It's pretty awkward for me. I need yeah. that 50 meters to kind of be able to get up and going, get going. Like that's how I am in training. It takes me like one or two reps to really get to where I need to be. And it's hard for me to get there in short course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now in terms of the target on your back, are you more comfortable with being the the person now? Obviously, you know, you're going to be the defending Olympic champion going into next year. Um, are you comfortable with that target on your back? Um, 
I think now I am. I, I kind of was more nervous about it before whenever I would go to swim meets and they'd announce me as like the Olympic gold medalist in the 100 free or whatever. And every time I would go to meets, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so much pressure. I have to win. But I think now I kind of take it as a confidence booster going into things. And I kind of look at it as, okay, I won the Olympics. Why can't I do it again? And if I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. The world's not going to end. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. And I'm, like I said, trying to get back into that mindset that I was in in 2016. Are you working with anyone on on your mind, uh, like a sports psychologist? Um, Yeah, I've started, I've worked with a lot of people and some people it's worked out, some people it hasn't, but now I'm working with someone new and she's really helped me and she's a part of the whole team that we have at the center which is nice so Mm. I kind of can get it to work with everyone that I'm working with very good well listen um felt like I've just been peppering questions at you and you've done a fantastic (laughs) job I appreciate that I'm just so intrigued by you I mean reading your story and just learning more about you and your family um uh, incredible but it's but it's a young story I mean for me there's there's still so much more left to write and I'm excited about your future and where you're headed. And, um, and I think you've got tons of potential. So I'm, I'm a big fan now. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you have my number now. So if you ever need anything, yeah. reach out. But uh, thanks for taking this time today. And good luck with the preparations for Tokyo, okay? Thank you so much. Thanks, Penny. Bye. Bye.